that freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Americanism, not globalism, will be our credo as long as we are led by politicians who will not put America first then we can be assured that other nations will not treat America with respect, the respect that we deserve. You're listening to the voice of the future. Fighting for America every day. This is the conservative crusader. And here's your host, GOP Josh. Hello and welcome to the Conservative Crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for tuning in here on the Red Future Radio Network. Very excited you could join us for our important episode today when we're talking about a lot of news. We have a lot to get to pertaining to the state of Georgia, where the Georgia Secretary of State, which Donald Trump obviously tried to get primaried out, because he's a terrible Secretary of State. I mean, he's calling for the end of their runoff elections. And I want to play a clip here um, of the 46th resident of the United States um, White House. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. That's how they did it in 49 of the 50 states in 2020. Is they, they, they had fraud. Tell how, how 49 out of the 50 states, if there were stolen elections there, that's how they were stolen was by fraud. I want to take you to Alaska. Many of you have probably never been to Alaska. I haven't been to Alaska. But I want to take you there to their election results and why they go that way. They have what is called a insane, just absolutely crazy system. Not called a crazy system, it just is where they have multiple rounds of voting until someone hits 50%. And they have a jungle primary where the top four are put on the ballot. Let's go to their Senate race first. I actually know their their House race was more prevalent. So they had a four-person primary. They had a mini-person primary, including uh, Santa Claus and many other candidates, on their primary ballot in, I believe it was June? I believe so. And they had a special election as well. The top four of those primary, which was one Democrat, two Republicans, and a Libertarian, all made it to the final ballot. Mary Patola, the Congresswoman, Sarah Palin, Nick Begich. That's a very dangerous last name. Um, Begich. And Chris Bai from the Libertarian Party are the four candidates that made it to the final ballot. Sarah Palin received the most first-round votes, I believe so at least. You can't really see the breakdown after they 
they go to rank choice, you can't see the breakdown. But um, after the first round, and I see this here, is this going to work? Um, I'm trying to go through their how their website on the spot because I thought the, the internet would show it to me and it did not. So round one, let's see here. Sarah Palin, no, I'm sorry, Mary Patola still received 48% of the vote. Sarah Palin received 25, uh, Nick, the other guy, uh, received 23%. So he, uh, the, the guy eliminated was Chris By, transferred a lot of ballots to Nick, and then to Sarah, and then to Mary. Um, so round two, Nick was eliminated. Sarah Patola had 49%. Obviously, or Mary Patola, I'm sorry, had 49%. So after the votes transferred, a lot of votes went to Palin. About 8,000 went to Patola. That was enough to put her over the 50% mark. And she won. So in this race, Mary Patola, the current congresswoman, which is a pretty bipartisan congresswoman, a lot of people on both sides of the aisle like her, um, she would have won. Now let's go to the, the, the Senate race. First round votes was very, very close. And Lisa Murkowski just barely squeaked out Kelly Tabishka, the Trump-endorsed candidate in that election, by about less than a percentage point, about 2,000 ballots. So there could have been some extensive we have put together, fraud. I think the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. And that could have happened again. Right, so Buzz Kelly, I don't know his party, this isn't listed on the official documents. The party, he was eliminated, uh, 3,000 of his ballots went to Dubishka. That was looking good for her. Um, that was 44% for both of them. It was down to about four, 400 ballots there. 460 ballots. In the last round, 20,000 ballots went to Lisa Murkowski. Putting her way over the 50% mark. So, would Lisa Murkowski have won on the first round based on this tabulation? Yes. Should it have taken four rounds of voting all, all taking place on one very confusing ballot for that to happen? Absolutely not. So why am I bringing this up when talking about Georgia? Very different states, both geographically, politically, um, election-wise. Uh, Georgia, if there's under 50%, that goes to a runoff election. Why is that a problem? Why is that a problem, ba Brad Raffensperger? Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger on Wednesday called on the state legislator to eliminate runoff voting for general elections after another bitter over overtime election gripped at the state earlier this month. Cited uh, the added stress that conducting a runoff election puts on counties and voters as part of his reasoning. Whether or not it's a four-week general election runoff or a nine-week runoff, voters do not want to deal with the politics in the middle of their holidays, Raffensperger said in a statement to the Washington Post. It puts significant pressure on our election officials who need to focus on certifying and auditing the election results. Do one vote then. Have people cast a vote for an election for the U.S. Senate for the for the governorship. Whoever wins that race, whoever gets the most votes, wins. Now, now it's crazy to me. The pro-democracy party, the Democrat party by definition, is going off and off and off about how we need to make sure and verify and just Make sure that we have as many votes as possible and that we can vote 16 times on the same ballot if there are 16 candidates. Have to make sure that that's ha that happens. First off, why? Second off, that's not how voting works. You get one vote to use wisely. If you decide to vote for Herschel Walker, 
in the U.S. Senate race, you can't go back and you're on the second part of your ballot and be like, well, I want to vote for, for Herschel Walker or uh, Raphael Warnock here. After November 8th or whatever election day will be this year, this upcoming year when this proposed change will take place, after that date, the election is over. After November 8th, after November 3rd, after November 5th, whatever date it might be, the election is over. Uh, you, you can't keep campaigning and can't keep, it'll be the 6th or 7th, I'm sorry, November 7th, 2023, if there are any statewide elections that time. So instead of a runoff election, Raffensperger is saying, let's put in a ranked choice voting system. Um, no, no primary elections in that process. But he's calling for, I believe, ranked choice. This doesn't actually say it here. It just says to call off the, the runoff, which I would support. But we don't have a way and a solution and a possible way to do elections fairly if you can vote for the same race eight times, four times, two times. You get one vote per race. If you decide to put that vote towards a libertarian that gets 2% of the vote, that's your fault. If you decide to put that vote towards Kanye West in the 2020 election where he received like 16,000 votes nationwide, that's your fault. And it's not my job as a voter or my job as a politician or anything to say, you get a redo. You get a second chance. Your vote didn't count the first time because you voted for some stupid person who decided to run third party and no chance. You're going to get a chance to vote again. That's stupid. You get one vote. Every person in America that's eligible to vote gets one vote. Whether they're a Republican, a Democrat, a Libertarian, Green Party, Constitution Party, they get one vote. That shouldn't change because people are like, well, what about the third parties? I don't care about the third parties. The third parties are irrelevant in this country and will never be relevant in this country. At this point, the country is too partisan to even consider a, a third party being legitimate. So to Brad Raffensperger, not that you're listening to this program because you don't care about Ohio, you don't care about the real future. Um, don't. I mean, just, just, just stop. Election systems are very simple. And elections can be ran very simply without other complication. Have people go in on election day, November 8th, November 6th, or November 7th, whatever day it might be. Pull a paper, give them a piece of paper and a pen. And say, fill in one ballot or one poll per race if you want to vote in that race. If not, leave a blank. Give us the paper, put it in a folder, give them a sticker, and let them leave. It's that simple. Get into more of that later on the Conservative Crusader. we got to go to break. I'll get into this in just a second. I want to go deeper into this because it's, it's just important to the country in this election process. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. This is the Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. Thank you for being here. GOPjosh.com is our website. Our phone number, our voicemail line is 57GOPjosh7, 574-675-6747, 57GOPjosh7, to call in. And please call in and make your voice heard. We're talking about elections today, as pretty much every election is held, but and is over. But, but do you think that people deserve more than one vote for election? Do you, you believe in a democracy that we are supposedly are? People can vote multiple times in one election. 
democracy as it is is mob rule, and I'm not a big fan. I'm more of a fan of a, a republic style like America has now. But even in that instance, you don't get to vote four times. I mean, people in this election, if they voted for, let's, let's talk about the Senate race. There are four people after the, the jungle primary, and I believe that's just one vote per primary. So there's four people that make it through the primary. If you voted for Buzz Kelly in the first round, you got to vote again. If you voted for Patricia Chesbro in the second round, you got to vote again. If you voted for, well, that's the last round. Um, but if you hypothetically voted for Kelly Tabishka in the third round, you got to vote again. I mean, really, you, your, your votes keep going and going and going where you can decide whoever you want to vote for the lowest on the totem pole. Part of elections, and maybe it shouldn't be, but part of the elections are supporting who's going to win. That's a big thing. It is not splitting vote between the factions, trying to consolidate support behind one candidate so you don't have 16 names on the ballot. You're like, well, I want to vote for Donald Trump and Donald Trump Jr. and Ron DeSantis and um, Ivanka Trump and Nikki Haley and, and Larry Hogan all, all at once. Just fill all the bubbles in. It's called an overvote, and it's called it's getting thrown out. If you go into any board of elections in Ohio, at least, let's go to the Franklin County Board of Elections right now live on the show, all right? Franklin County Board of Elections, where we don't have these stupid ranked choice voting systems. Official election results, find the paperwork for that, and we will find that here uh, for you. So let's just go here. We're just talking right now. We're just talking very, <laughs> filling it up here. But we have a lot of elections in Ohio, obviously. And we just, they, they have a very specific system for it. So if you go on here, I guess Franklin County special. All right, Franklin County special. They don't have just a piece of paper. Every other race has a piece of paper. Um, here it is. All right. So if you go here and you go to one of the races, let's go right here to the governor race. Well, well, I'll walk it through with you. Uh, Rep. Mike DeWine and John Houston gets 47.82%. Name Whaley got 56.9%. 79%. Go down here to the overvotes category. is 41. And that actually, this one specifies how they voted. So 31% of people voted overvoted, filled in, filled in more than one bubble. Malin. Two voted in-office absentee with too many bubbles. Election day. Too many, two bubbles. Provisional ballots get six bubbles, or, or six people filled in too many bubbles on this race. I believe a lot of that absentee is just a mis misclick because you can go back if you're in the office and say, I'm in a mistake on my ballot. Can I have another one? Don't know if the first one's counted or not, but, um, or if the second one is the period either. But that's how the bubbles work. So um, there's that. And that's how overvotes work. And that's how elections work in every other state across the nation besides Alaska. Is that if you vote too many times, your vote's thrown out. You should. You don't get to vote four times. You don't get to pick between four people. I mean, you can, but if you, if you voted for Marshall Usher and Shannon Walker in the governor race, you didn't get to go the next day and be like, oh, I want to vote for Mike DeWine now, so I'm going to fill in the bubble next to Mike DeWine as well. That's called an overvote. You don't get more than one vote. This is America. Unless you're a fraudulent or, or your parents are, are passed away and you use their name. You don't get another vote. You don't get multiple, I don't know how many times I can say this, but you don't get multiple votes. While we're on the topic of Ohio, we're going to move on a little bit really quickly to the Ohio Republican Party chair race. I'm getting some conflicting information here on, on the, the race for RNC chair and the race for uh, ORP chair. Um, so the ORP chair obviously has one of 168 votes in that race for uh, RNC chair. I'm getting news that the current RNC or ORP chair, Bob Paduchik, will be out of his office before the RNC vote. 
that raises the stakes for the ORP election tenfold. So I'm going to give you the three names that are currently in the race for ORP chair and kind of their background. Um, let's go here. Jimmy Stewart is in the race. He is the Ohio Gas Association president. He has said publicly, if he wins this election to chair of the ORP, he will not leave his current position. He will not leave the chairman position of the Ohio Gas Association. Now, how can you think that, oh, well, you can, um, you, you can have multiple positions. No one cares. You, you can take this money with, with the gas company, who is a big lobby in the Ohio uh, House, by the way, and also lead one of the top Republican or top parties. Uh, Jay Stewart at OhioGasASSOC.org, by the way. Um, anyways, uh, that, that's one of the races. Um, Jimmy Stewart, he is one of the candidates. Uh, some of the other candidates include, if we can go back here to the page on Twitter, because I tweeted it out, uh, Alex Triantafalu. He is the current chairman of the Hamilton County GOP. I don't know if he's a state central committee member or not. I can't remember. But he is running. He is a good, good friend of the governor. Fantastic friend of the governor. He is a not a guy you want on your side if you're a conservative, a true conservative. Um, not that I can find. He is not a member, by the way. So I know they like. Oh, he is. I'm sorry. He is a member in the 8th District. His email is judgealext at gmail.com, by the way. He's the chair of the Hamilton County Republican Party. He's very accessible online. He has a verified legacy Twitter account. He has about 6,000 followers on there. He's quite the guy. Won't respond to any of my messages, though, because <laughs> I'm trying to get all three men. I'm trying to get anyone running for the chair position on the show. Uh, Dale Fellows is the Lake County GOP uh, chairman. It's the only thing I know about the man, besides he ran for Central Committee and lost. So that's there. Um, yeah, that's that's about it. <laughs> I mean, he he ran for that position. He lost. He was outspent, not by a lot at all. I mean, he I don't think he was outspent. He just wasn't a popular guy in Lake County, in that area, to to win this seat uh, on the central committee. So, if you are one of the three men I just named, or anyone else running for ORP chair that's under the radar that I don't know about, public email Josh at gopjosh.com. Public number five seven four six seven five sixty seven forty seven. 57 GOP Josh 7. That number actually goes directly to my cell phone. And then I can go through and um, cipher through the messages and the vaccine, not vaccinate, I'm reading it to, in the <laughs> voicemails. Another V word that's very important, the voicemail, uh, and just see who sent those in. So for that, if you want to be on the program, if you're running for chair, I believe it's important. I'm the largest teenage conservative podcast in Ohio that I know of. One of the largest teenage programs or teenage programs at all and conservative programs in Ohio at all. So uh, I just recommend your, um, people reach out to my people right josh at gopjosh.com for that and anyone else can use that email as well if you have contact information i can try to find these people um i could not find an email for dale fellows i'm going to be honest i haven't looked very hard because i just didn't expect one you could probably try to find one here while i'm speaking but um you i told you the first two jay stewart at ohiogasassoc.org if you want to ask questions of the people running for this office it's a very important office if we want to take back our state by the way we want a good candidate against Sherrod Brown. If we want a good candidate against Mike DeWine in twenty or to replace Mike DeWine in twenty twenty six, this is an important seat. If we want a strong Republican ground game going into the twenty twenty four election, we want a good chair. 
uh, I don't know the email address, but a public phone number for the Lake County GOP is 440-357-1200. Don't know where that leads, but probably Dale Fellows will be on the chain somewhere. Um, and then Alex, the other candidate, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name again. I had it written down before <laughs> the, the pronunciation. But uh, his email is judgealext at gmail, I believe. Was it Judge judgealext at gmail? Was that, was that right, right? Anyways, it was... It was something to that effect when it comes to that. So, um, yeah, judgealext at gmail.com and his phone number is available at ohiopromisekeepers.com, but I'm not going to say that one on the air because it's not officially public, but I, I'm not withholding the information. So in that race in Ohio uh, ORP chair, from what I can tell, and this is just my outside perspective, I'm not speaking to any of these candidates. I have not spoken to a single one. They won't respond to me. We don't have a good candidate in the race there is not a good guy um, in this position or running for this position that is a true conservative that will back candidates like possibly a J.D. Vance in 2024 like a possible Mark Bikita in 2024 these candidates will just shut them out again the three of them has been working against the grassroots since day one since they've started their day in politics from what I can tell them and I'm not trying to make an assumption to people I never met but that's part of politics if they want to be a credible chair and a real reasonable chair, they need to do more for the grassroots, need to motivate the grassroots more. They just aren't doing it. So one more time for those, if you're listening on the ORP chair race or st- staff or just have been a staffer and you know who these people are, Josh, J-O-S-H, at G-O-P-J-O-S-H dot C-O-M, 574-675-6747. Dial that number, leave a voicemail, I'll get back to you, or or text that number as well, it's a text line. DM me on Instagram, on Facebook, on... Oh, there's my watch, thank you. Uh, DM DM me on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. Truth Social, if you can figure out how to do that. I mean, I'm easily accessible for the candidates, so come on the program. And if you're listening to this and you're a good candidate that ran for office possibly, didn't go your way, run for chair. We need someone good to run for chair. So, we'll be right back after this on the Conservative Crusader. Thank you all for being here. We appreciate we appreciate you so much. Um, when we return, I want to talk about Joe Biden uh, bracing for 14,000 migrants a day. I promised last episode we're going to talk about Pete Buttigieg and uh, something that Mike Carey, my representative in Ohio, is doing uh, when it comes to the border crisis as well. GOPjosh.com, Red Future Radio Network. Right back after this, redfutureradio.com. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. Hey everyone, it's Joe P. Josh. We can only keep The Conservative Crusader podcast or, or program that you're listening to right now on the air with your support. We have recently launched a Patreon program where you can support us here at Red Future Radio for as little as $3 a month. You can find that at patreon.com slash gopjosh. You can also support the program at anchor.fm slash the conservative crusader for as much or as little as you'd like to give. This program will remain free and financial support is not required or expected, but anything to keep us on the air helps. Thank you, folks. And now, back to the conservative crusader.
This is the Conservative Crusader. America needs a superhero. So this is a very ominous video from the former president of the United States, Donald J. Trump. He posted on his Truth Social page. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. I'm going to play the audio again for you. America needs a superhero. America oh, I didn't mean to restart it again, superhero. but that, that's what he said. It's the only words in it is America needs a superhero. This is intriguing to me. So he's promising a special announcement. It'll be tomorrow, Thursday, or December 15th. Yes, Thursday, December 15th. I will talk about that on the Monday edition of the Conservative Crusader airing on... No, we won't have a Monday edition. I'm sorry. We won't have a Friday or a Monday edition. Life's getting crazy, folks. Getting big. No, I'm kidding. Um, so our next edition will actually be next Wednesday, the 21st. So I'll talk about it then, of course, if it's that major of an announcement. If he's just uh, using the major announcement words to boost his name recognition again. I don't know. But we'll see. I don't know anything about it. I don't know any inside information. But... That's the, the clip from that from the former president of the United States. We'll cover that on Wednesday. So 14,000 migrants a day are planning to come across the southern border, according to Axios. Uh, the possibility of 14,000 migrants ca- crossing a day is pushing the Biden administration towards a new rule that would severely limit migrants' ability to qualify for asylum at the southern border. Axios has learned. And people say Axios is left-wing, which I can agree with, and they are just not very true sometimes, but they have a lot of good scoops, so we're going to use them. Anyways, officials are concerned that Border Patrol stations will face acute overcrowding and Department of Homeland Security resources will be overwhelmed when the pandemic-era Title 42 policy ends on December 21st, according to sources familiar with the plans. That is important. That's their source, right? Um, encounters with migrants at the southern border are already at record levels, with the daily tally surpassing 9,003 times during the first week and a half of December. But folks, ladies and gentlemen, there's no need to worry. The border is the most secure it has ever been in American history, folks. No need to worry. The border is so secure. That's what they've been telling us for how many years now? Since January of 2021, almost three years or two years. They said the border is secure. The border is secure. The border is secure. 9,000 a day. Three times out of 14 days. Now, I'm not good at math. But I'd say that's about eh, 20% of the month. That's not counting the big boom that came across the border as soon as Brandon was instated into office. Big boom, so to speak. The big boom of voters that came across the border. So, to say this, it's, it's kind of weird. But they asked for this. I mean, I mean, 14,000 a day is a lot. We've had that before. We're going to have that again because of Brandon. So a draft rule that would impose an asylum ban for roughly five months initially has been circulated internally. It would apply to those both migrant single adults and families who cross the border illegally, as well as those who arrive at legal ports of entry without already having prof- prof- proper pardon me, authorization to enter. A final decision on adopting the new rule hasn't been made. Let's see here. Uh, Border Patrol stations will face acute overcrowding and Department of Homeland Security resources will be overwhelmed when the pandemic era Title 42 policy ends on December 21st, according to a source familiar with the plans. Okay. So that's why it's happening. 
the Biden to, uh, administration solution right now, according to Representative Mike Carey, is send air marshals down. House Republicans are warning the Biden administration that its plan to utilize air, U.S. air marshals along the southern border will put the lives and safety of airline passengers at risk over the holidays, according to a letter first obtained by DailyMail.com. So Representative Mike Carey is leading the charge. I'm proud to say I, I don't agree with him on every issue. He voted for the the uh, Disrespect to Marriage Act, but he's not bad on every issue, and I, I agree with him sometimes, and I'm not afraid to agree with people sometimes. That's the crazy thing about par- uh, politics today is you can't agree with people on one issue. I agree with him on one issue. This issue. Uh, he, he had a five-minute interview on Fox Business. I don't want to play the whole thing. But he, he talked about this this issue that Daily Mail broke. Uh, Carrie's letter is, uh, let's say, a series of questions from Mayorkas about the plan, including an estimate of the cost of sending air marshals to the border, what they're working on, and what, if any, public safety evaluation was done before taking action. The letter is so co-signed by six other Republican members of Congress. As we enter one of the busiest travel times of the year, it is imperative that we have the every... Federal Air Marshal tending to their actual job rather than assisting in a problem your administration treated and continues to ignore. I'm going to clear this up really quick and I want to move on because we have a lot to get to in a little bit of time. But Mike Carey and his rep- his colleagues are afraid of the security of the people. The Air Marshals were put in place, if I recall correctly, after 9-11. The travel time for the holidays, for Thanksgiving and Christmas and Hanukkah and the other holidays around this time, the busiest time of the year. In the Biden administration, Mayorkas and, and all of those involved are putting our air marshals in charge of keeping our border safe or our airwaves safe from terrorists that knocked down buildings 21 years ago. Two very important buildings, not just what Ilhan Omar likes to say some people did something, which is disrespectful. That's putting our airwaves and our people at, at risk. I hope I hope you all realize that. And I hope, and I know we have some leftists that listen to the program all the time. You asked for this. If something happens in the next few days leading up to the holidays for, to Christmas and, and Thanksgiving, or th- Christmas in the New Year, and I hope it doesn't. But if it does, you're to blame. Those that voted in the same people into office again and again and again, Biden for 40-some years, plus him to the vice presidency, plus to the presidency, even though that election was stolen. Those that keep electing Ronna McDaniel to the chairman position of the RNC so we don't have a strong, competent party going against these measures and going just against these these radical just people. Losing winnable races like Jared Majewski's district in OH9, Madison Gilbert in OH13, OH1 with Steve Shabbat. The people in charge of that are the same one that are in charge of this. Leadership is the biggest problem we have in this country. Between actual government, party government, we have no leadership. We lack a true conservative leadership outlet ever. We don't have leadership. Republicans can't lead. Democrats can't lead. We have a problem. The last time a Republican was leading was probably whoever was chair in 2016 of the party because Ron McDaniel's terrible. Hireharmeet.com, not a sponsor. Had we had a competent party chair in 2020, the election might have been stolen, but we would have fought it. And we would have got grounds in place to stop it from being stolen in 2022 in Arizona, in Nevada. That's where we are. We have no leadership. 
a lack of leadership on the government level, on the party level, is why we're in this position in the first place. Why we're sending air marshals to the southern border. For the air, not the ground. That's where we are as a country. And if you think that there's not a problem, why are they sending air marshals? Why is 9,000 people coming across the border? Why are they preparing for 14,000 a day? You asked for this. If you voted for the same old, same old time and time and time and time again, you asked for this. This isn't the, the, the fault of any single American. It's the fault of many, many Americans that are brainwashed and just written into the same establishment talking points, the same establishment, just voting the same thing over and over again. Vote D down the ballot, vote R down the ballot without paying attention to who you're voting for. That's what happened. And that's what's caused the problems we're in today. GOP Josh, Red Feature Radio Network. We have to get this border under control. We can't go with the same old, same old. We cannot, our country will not survive if we go with the same old, same old time and time again. That's why I'm spending so much airtime focusing on the ORP chair race. That's why I'm spending so much airtime focusing on the uh, RNC chair race. Because it is essential to our party survival and our country's survival. To have competent leadership. Had we had competent leadership, this wouldn't happen in the first place. The ele- 2020 election wouldn't have been stolen if Ronald McDaniel wasn't in the chair. Hireharmeet.com. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. Hi. I'm Joseph Pausch, CEO of Hydra Communications and The American Perspective. The American Perspective is a new, trustworthy news and opinion organization with the information that you crave. You should visit americasperspective.us to read the news, our analysis, and watch our great lineup of talk shows. Again, that's americasperspective.us, and I'll see you there. This is The Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. Hopefully, those of you that were tuning in the whole time took the same the break to calm down, like I had to make myself calm down. I think my my watch sparked and uh, spiked and said my heart rate spiked because I was getting frustrated. So if you missed that on the episode, if you missed that on the radio, go back to the podcast gopjosh.com slash show for that. I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the crazy deal with Russia, where we traded an arms dealer for Brittany Griner. Not going to spend a lot of time on that. We don't have much time left. This is the shortest segment of the show. If I didn't say free Paul Whelan, we need to free him. He is a he is a man, a, a straight white man. So he's left behind behind the uh, left behind in the administration. But he is a former Marine who was accused of uh, espionage by the Russian government and just taken in jail in 2018. Trump actually came out after that and said, "I tried to free him." They were they were insisted that we let go. Um, what's the name of his name? Victor Bout. We let go Victor Bout if we want Paul Whelan, and Trump would not let go of Victor Bout. If you don't know who this man is, let me see if I saw the clip here. I believe I downloaded it because um, I wanted to play it on the show before I caught that nasty head cold, which is still reminiscing with me. It's about two minutes long. I want to play it. We might go a little over the, over time, but I, I ended last segment a little early, so let's play the clip. 
Victor Boot. Two minutes and fourteen uh, in, seconds in and eyes, uh, sixty um, minutes is one of the most dangerous men on the face of the earth. On the face of the earth, without a doubt. Mike Braun, the former chief of operations for the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration, told us Boot first exploded on the scene in war-torn West Africa in the late 1980s. Elevating bloody conflicts from machetes and single-shot rifles to... AK-47s, not by the thousands, but by the tens of thousands. So he weaponizes civil war in Africa. He transformed these young adolescent warriors into... Uh, insidious, mindless, maniacally driven killing machines that operated with assembly line efficiencies. Now 43, boot from the Soviet Republic of Tajikistan, is a mystery man who reportedly served in the Soviet Air Force and Intelligence Service. The U.S. has indicted him on four terror-related charges, including conspiracy to kill Americans. What makes him a threat to the United States? He is a shadow facilitator. He's arming not only designated terrorist groups, uh, insurgent groups, but he's also arming very powerful drug trafficking cartels uh, around the globe. Taking advantage of Russian military contacts at the highest levels and the collapse of the Soviet Union, federal prosecutors allege Boot essentially became a one-stop shop, offering an unlimited supply of stockpiled Cold War weapons to bad guys around the world, including Charles Taylor of Liberia, who's now on trial for war crimes. According to the U.S. indictment, Boot had a unique selling point when it came to weapons trafficking. A fleet of cargo airplanes capable of transporting weapons and military equipment anytime, anywhere. More than 60 planes in all, his own private air force. Those Russian aircraft uh, were built like flying dump trucks. He could move this stuff and drop it with pinpoint accuracy to any desert, to any jungle, to any other remote place in the world, right into the hands of what I refer to as the potpourri of global scum. They spoke for me. I don't have to explain why this was a bad move for the United States. They, they said it for me, uh, 60 Minutes from CBS. Fantastic program. I don't care for it most of the time, but it's a good program. Um, they spoke for me. That's it. I, I have nothing else to add to that. They did a good job with that. I'm mad I left this off to the end because I promised last episode I'd talk about it. Pete Buttigieg, the future president of the United States in his dreams. Uh, the gay man who was appointed because he's gay and he is gay and he is, um, he likes men and he has a husband and he's gay. Um, that, that, that's all, the only selling point he has. Just like everyone else in the Biden administration, including the felons, which we'll try to get to on Wednesday's episode, depending on how news backs up. A felon on the Biden administration who just stole luggage, just, just, just stole it. Uh, Pete Buttigieg often flies on taxpayer-funded jets. Flight data shows he flies across the country, Florida, Ohio, New Hampshire, and out of the country using a private jet fleet managed by the Federal Aviation Administration. According to flight data and flight tracking data reviewed by Fox News Digital, the flight records align with Buttigieg's schedule of external and public engagements obtained by their government's watchdog group Americans for Public Trust. Uh, Elaine Chow, who was appointed by former President Trump, Used the same jets on seven occasions in 2017, costing $94,000. A political report at the time, Health and Human Service Secretary Tom Price was forced to resign after taking 26 private jet flights from Trump. Um, every day, this is from APT Executive Director Caitlin uh, Sutherland. Every day, Americans fl face flight cancellations and long wait times because Transportation Secretary Beat Buttigieg has completely mismanaged air travel. And for someone so holier than thou in reducing emissions, Buttigieg surely doesn't seem to mind the pollution caused by his literal jet setting. 
She continued, this hypocrisy at its finest and these troubling expenses to taxpayers must come under immediate scrutiny. Now, I need to stop reading articles and, and playing clips on the show because they say everything better than I can say it every time. <laughs> I, I just, it just, it works out that way, it seems. So they, they said it better than I can, that group, uh, APT. So, I mean, you have it there. Buttigieg, if you're going to be so holier than thou on everything, at least not make it private jets, not make it carbon emissions, man. Climate change is the one issue leftists are, are so solid on. And I would play a clip from Family Guy, but I'd probably get copyright struck for that. It's a funny clip from Republican Town and Family Guy. It's been on my head a lot. Uh, I dream of Republican Town. It's, it's been in my head, just stuck in my head, just playing on, uh, on loop the entire episode. I'm sure I haven't belted it out by now. So there is that with the Pete Buttigieg story. Not much more going on. There's an Eagle Act I have not had a chance to talk about on the show or read the whole bill. I've been very busy lately, so I haven't had a chance to read it. Um, I, I want to plug for a different show, The Benny Show on Benny Johnson. I wasn't asked to plug for that, but he is having Harmeet Dillian on his show running for RNC chair. I believe every time she has a chance to go in front of the media, she should, including this show, Wink Wink. And I want to play one clip here, and we're going to probably go over with it, but I want to kind of fast forward a little bit to the end. Um, I think this is a good spot. It's being made. And who pays when the child goes grows up and realizes that it was a decision before its time? Is the school there to work with the child through the regrets, to take the responsibility for depression or suicide? We've heard suicide a lot in this testimony. A slave who learned to read and went to become a statesman. In your decision making regarding Ohio's education, are you looking to make modern day slaves of the government out of children who can't read and can't get ahead of themselves? Or are you looking to make productive citizens who can determine their own destiny and adjust to personal decisions that their life chooses to require to them, to requires them to make, excuse me. I encourage you to vote yes on this amendment. Thank you so much for your time. And if you want to see the whole clip Thank of that, you. that is from the wonderful president and CEO of Next this very uh, program, um, uh, Sammy McGuire. Sorry, I was just had a brain fart there. I know his name, Sam McGuire. Make sure you listen to his program, The Samuel McGuire Show on Red Future Radio and all of the other Red Future Radio fantastic programs. Wherever you get your podcast, gopjosh.com, redfutureradio.com, everywhere you can find me is at both of those links. And yeah, thank you very much for your time tonight. We appreciate it. Be back on next Wednesday, taking a week off, just doing some, I mean, it's, it's the holiday season. It's the Christmas time, folks. We have to, oh, that, just smack, smack the microphone. <laughs> it is the Christmas time, folks. We, we got to take some time off here and there, so Hope you all have a fantastic week. Make sure you stay in tune on social media. I will not be going away. RedFutureRadio.com, GOPJosh.com, GOPJosh20 on Instagram and on Twitter. Facebook is at GOPJosh. Truth Social is at GOPJosh. And our email, Josh at GOPJosh.com. Thank you all for tuning in and stay tuned. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Uh. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council.